0: Both of these talks can be found on I know. so I want to just take this chance to say about the J10F app, which is really useful, um, and once you're on your system, you can download it from either Play Store or Apple um, Store, and you can access podcasts, videos, tickets and your rotors, and uh, if you're on a rotor, you can enter your holiday dates, so those that creating rotors can plan ahead, and any problems, either see yourself or Phil Walker. So today, we're considering becoming humble. Now, it's not exactly an attractive content this morning, is it? (laughs) It's not like there's a a queue of people that are desperate to become more humble. Um, More of the Spirit of God? Yes. More of the gifts of the Spirit? Yes. But becoming humble? Mm, Not so much. Not kind of one of those things that you go, yes, I'll be first in the queue for that one. So let's pray, shall we? (laughs) We need to. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this series. And Lord, we pray that the words that we hear today, anything that is of you, we pray that it would settle on our hearts. And anything that is not from you, Lord, we just pray that you would blow it away. Like the wind, um, the, wheat, the, chaff, in with the wind. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. in our pursuit of becoming more like you. We ask it in your name. Amen. So we're all kind of born egocentric, and that's how we need to get our needs addressed. We cry until our needs are met. And this egocentric behaviour continues until empathy begins to develop in us as small children. And uh, then we consider others as we develop empathy and we begin to take turns, hopefully, <laughs> all being well. And we begin to take turns and uh, understand that all our needs can't be met immediately. And sometimes it's someone else's turn. And it's possible for individuals to have narcissistic um, traits um, that demand attention to their own needs and ignore anyone else's. And scientists have discovered that human beings are actually incredibly social beings needing interdependence upon one another and that being cut off from others is actually unhealthy for us and I think there is an element where we've all discovered that in recent times as a result of Covid and all of us thrive on the fact of give and take don't you love it when science proves what God said he's already said it but I love it when scientists catch up with where God's at And the fact is, is that Jesus has called us to be in communion with one another. What a wonderful picture this morning of of somebody leading somebody else as they're running and that total trust. And I know that you could be sat there thinking, well, actually, I'm quite happy on my own. And or at least appearing social, but keeping people at a reasonable distance. And um, it's less messy and it's easier to do life that way and uh, just sorting my own needs out. And when I was looking at um, psychologists' research, the treatment of those recognised to be egos, and I'm suddenly aware that I've got some people that are professionals in the house, So, um, you'll have to bear with me. So, um, uh, when we're looking at the treatment for egocentric or narcissistic personalities, the treatment actually is that they're told that they have to honour commitments. I thought that's interesting, isn't it? That they're meant to honour commitments, that if they say they're going to do something, they've got to do it. Now, doesn't that remind you of something in the Bible that says, let your yes be? Yeah, and you know B no. so there we, there we go and the other thing that they're told is that at times they need to their other treatment is is that they have to be of service to others but they're not allowed to tell people about it mm. or post it on social media or tell everybody so isn't that amazing so those are the tr- some of the treatments, not entirety, but some of the treatments. And to consider others' needs above your own. So let's le- lean into becoming humble, shall we? Um, let's re- we're reading from John chapter 13. You can either look it up in your Bibles, on your phones, or I've got it on the screen. So it was almost time for the Jewish Passover festival and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. Jesus had always loved the people in the world who were his. Now the time he'd shown them his love the most. Jesus and his followers were at the evening meal and the devil had already persuaded Judas Iscariot to hand Jesus over to his enemies. Judas was the son of Simon. The father had given Jesus power over everything. Jesus knew this. He also knew that he had come from God and he knew that he was going back to God. So while they were eating, Jesus stood up, took off his robe and he got a towel and wrapped it around his waist. He then poured water into a bowl and began to wash the followers feet. He dried their feet with a towel that was wrapped around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, but Peter said to him, "'Lord, you should not wash my feet.' Jesus answered, "'You don't know what I'm doing now, "'but later you will understand.' Peter said, "'No, you will never wash my feet.' Jesus said, "'If I don't wash your feet, "'you're not one of my people.' Simon Peter said, "'Lord, after you wash my feet, "'wash my hands and my head too.'" Jesus said, after a person's had a bath, this is the easy to read version for all of you thinking, I haven't seen a bath in there before. Um, So his whole body is clean. He needs to wash his feet, only to wash his feet. And you are clean, but not all of you. Because Jesus knew who would hand him over to his enemies. And that is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and went back to the table and he asked, do you understand what I did for you? You call me teacher and you call me Lord and that is right because that's what I am. I am your Lord and your teacher, but I washed your feet. So you should also wash each other's feet. I did this as an example for you so you could serve each other just as I have served you. Believe me, servants, are not greater than their master. Those who sent, are sent to do something are not greater than the one who sent them. If I know these things, great blessings will be yours if you do them. Now, as I carry on talking, it may sound as though I'm just talking about practical and obvious But we need to remember that the physical things that happen physically are also echoed spiritually. God does that so that we understand how things work, so we can make links. And just as there are seasons in a year and weather, there are also seasons in our lives, for example. And Jesus is not only teaching the disciples to actually wash people's feet and serve them, but also support them as Jesus cleanses their lives and transforms them by the renewing of their mind. So in one of the songs that we've just sung, it says, didn't it? It talked about changing from glory to glory. So whether you've been on the journey for five minutes or whether you've been on the journey for a decade or several decades, the fact of the matter is, is Jesus is wanting us to move every every time. He's adding and he's calling us further and further into um, into more kind of uh, dependence on him and commitment to him and he's demanding more of us each time so let's start with the practical now we all know that common sense is not that common agreed? and that scripture, this scripture is so clear and simple you wouldn't be able to wash feet with long flowing robes on would you? Well I know you just wouldn't. So he got long flowing robes on because that was the order of the day, okay? Be easier if we were wearing what we were wearing today, but he needed to take his outer clothes off. So a bit like when you're doing the gardening, you put on clothes that it means that you can bend and stretch and you don't mind getting dirty because they're going to get soil on them. The same as you put an apron over you, potentially, i do, because I get splashes on me to save your clothes. It's exactly, the same. it's really, really practical. I love how practical God is. And so he took off that, he wrapped a towel around his waist because he'd been kneeling in front of them. And kneeling in front of someone is actually a very vulnerable spot, if anybody's done it. So each foot would sit in his lap as he dried it. He'd wash it in the bowl and then he would dry it. And you can't do two at once. You have to do one at a time. So it would have been a long process. And feet are fiddly to clean and dry. As somebody who has washed a lot of people in my life and in my career, I don't just go around washing people, I am actually a nurse. So, (laughs) yeah, it's good to know, uh, just for anybody that's listening. So um, for those people, they're fiddly. And when it comes to feet, now people are ticklish. And so you have to be careful because otherwise you get a sudden kick. i have have it. And they don't mean to, but you suddenly get kicked, okay? So you have to watch out for it. And it wouldn't be on purpose, it would be an accident. And sometimes feet can be sore and tender And they're awkward to clean. They're not like a leg or an arm. There's lots of nooks and crannies for dust and dirt to remain, if not cleaned thoroughly. There are some of you that go, oh, this is disgusting. I can't believe how disgusting this is. (laughs) I'm not talking about necks. You're all right. Um, So, um, now, if they're not dried properly, then you can get problems Soldiers are taught how to care for their feet and they're charged with extra socks um, uh, for all expeditions. And in the First and the Second World War, a lot of soldiers were taken out of action because they had trench foot. A friend's son of ours was training as a, para, a paratrooper um, but he had to come out of the military because his feet were in such a state because of all the expeditions, it took months for him to recover. He has recovered now, but it took months. So in the account, we read about the people, these people, and they'd have been wearing sandals, and they would be walking dusty roads and paths, so their feet would definitely be dirty. And they could have had blisters. They're more likely to have blisters. We all have blisters. And they would smell. Everybody's feet smell at times. Um, uh, And when you wash someone who is dirty, you would need to change the water several times. We see the pictures, don't we? And we think, oh, it's just that lovely bowl of water and it's very neat and tidy. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't have been. It would have been really messy and they would have stunk. So there are people that sometimes when you wash in, and that you help to wash, and yet they'll need fresh water. They'll need clean water. Jesus would have had to get fresh water, and it wouldn't have been a quick process. Perhaps that's why Peter said, you're not washing my feet, because he could see how dirty the water was from the others. And it's embarrassing. There is shame with that, because it is embarrassing, isn't it? Sometimes if you've got dirty water, you think, flippin' heck, oh my days. And washing people's feet is a mucky task, it's not straightforward, it requires time and effort. And you also need to consider the individual who's being washed, because it's embarrassing. If you're washing years of dirt dirt off someone, it's not all done in one sitting. If you're washing dirt off someone that they have not been washed for a lifetime or for a long time, it does not come off in one sitting. So, what you have to do is you have to stop and you have to create a regular pattern for washing. We do this with children and adults, don't we? We have a routine for bathing and cleanliness and changing clothes. And I've known, I've known it to take about a week, personally, not me, I do wash regularly, but in my career, I've known it to take about a week to wash and get somebody completely clean where, um, where they haven't washed for some considerable time. And that person, whilst thankful for being washed, can also feel shame and they won't want to talk about it. And they may not be particularly thankful to you. And for this reason, we then don't go and tell everyone just how dirty someone is. And it's one of those, and what a great job you've done in getting them clean, not drawing attention to it, becoming humble is cleaning up the mess and walking with them and not necessarily making a fuss. We're called to wash people's feet just as Jesus did. And that means giving dignity. And in the account, there is nothing that we've read about how filthy the feet are, just about the act. Jesus demonstrated practically, and I've had the privilege of being with people when they're in the most vulnerable, and there is shame in those moments. And Jesus teaches you and me that as we're with folks in that moment, we need to give them dignity, kindness, and compassion. The dirt, the sin needs to be dealt with But with mercy, you see that as we wash people's feet, we realise how dirty our own feet can be. That Jesus is our redeemer and he wants to be their redeemer too. That brings us to point number two. So the second point in this story is that Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you're not one of my people. It's a sign of belonging, that we've been washed by Jesus, that Peter said, you're not washing my feet, some of you might be sat squirming, not just because I'm going on about feet, because some people have got a real aversion to feet, but because you're thinking, I'm with Peter. There's no way Jesus, or anyone for that matter, would be washing my feet. Jesus is so lovely that he gently but firmly says, you need to be washed. Why? We need to be washed in order to belong to Jesus. He is cleansing us from our sin. Now, lots of people go through phases in life when they don't want to be washed. Either they don't have the facilities, or they're struggling with shame and body image, they feel poorly, or it could be it's a lot of effort and they feel so low they can't be bothered. But being washed can feel amazing. Sometimes when I've been coaxing people to have a wash, I, uh, I go for the HFF. And the HFF, for those of you that don't know, is hands, face and feet because if you do hands face and feet suddenly people feel way better and they feel like they've got more energy when you wash the hands when they're eating their food they can smell smell the freshness of the soap when they're putting their stuff up to their mouths when you wash their face you also do the back of the neck and sometimes that's the area where we feel really sweaty isn't it we can feel really uncomfortable And then when we do feet, it just makes you feel much better. Just those three things. Which is why I think it's amazing that Jesus washed feet. That means everyone, for us, we need to have patience with one another. You see, he said, didn't he, that if we've had a bath, then you just need a freshen up. So we've said that although it can take years for, the, for this to be completely transformed, once God's washed us, his promises is that he's cleansed our sin and it's done. But it takes a while for the grime to be removed. Does that make sense? So we've been washed, but it takes a while for the grime to come off. Because sometimes it's ingrained in the skin which is a bit like those, some of those traits when we've talked about being changed from glory to glory. It takes a while for those to be worked out. And it means that everyone, we just need to look after one another, that folks will become dirty again, and that we need to be washed again. Life is messy, and we are messy creatures You only have to think about your own uh, washing and laundry at home Um, and how relentless it is. I feel like it's never ending in our house. I've got like a pot that's just... It's like, like, you know, there was a story about the the porridge pot that just kept producing more and more porridge until you had the command to stop, stop it. I feel like that's what happens in our house with washing. Every time I think, yes. It's all clear and it's done. And I've managed to get it away in the right places. And I've demanded that they come down and fetch it. And then I'm like that. <sighs> and I, I, I just like another set of washing. So I'm sure... And I can see by the, the laughter on people's faces, that's obviously the same in your house too. <laughs> so we are messy creatures and we do need to keep washing. So then, are um, my third point... Jesus then asks the disciples to work out why he has washed all their feet. So he's done it, very practical. He's shown them how to do it. He's told them that they need to be washed. So he's saying, saying, right then, lads, why have I done this? And they're like, I don't know. Mm. So it's because he wants to show them that we are meant to love one another and we are meant to honour one another. Now, naturally, we come, we kind of automatically revert to a hierarchy. Wherever we go, if we want to know who's in charge, who's the most senior, who's the top boss, can I speak to the manager, who's the head teacher, who's the principal, we then only want to speak to those individuals because they're the ones that have got the power. So, if you have a problem with a meal, you don't want to speak to uh, just anybody. You want to speak to the senior, don't you? If you have a problem in a shop, that's what you want to do. We have it in where I work, where they look at uniform, and depending on your uniform, depends on who they're prepared to speak to. So, but he says, we, Jesus turns our world upside down because he said, I am your Lord and teacher. But that's a big but. If you have the power, then you are to wash other people's feet. That's a big one, isn't it? Because if you've got the power, in our normal world, you wouldn't be doing those little things. Adam read a book by Simon Sinek called Leaders Eat Last, and he keeps nagging me to read it. And I've read bits of it, but not all of it. But he also does um, a TED Talk, and there are a couple of chapters in there, and he talks about leaders, and sometimes that we can um, uh, discount ourselves immediately, perhaps because you don't see yourself a leader. But can I just say that all of us have to lead ourselves. And some of us lead household, some of us lead 20 to 30 people, some of us lead into the 50s, and some of us lead way more than that. And we have to lead ourselves. One of the things in this book is it literally from the title, Leaders Eat Last, because it's that whole sense of servanthood So the higher up you go, in actual fact, the more that you serve. That's what Jesus was saying and that's what he was demonstrating. How can we serve one another? That we need to have compassion, not just knowing who is our neighbour, like Phil said to us, but also having compassion to one another. I wonder... If you've ever done something without anyone knowing about it, try it. It's really good for the soul. In my, uh, in my house of my family of origin, my uh, parents would be very much a case of, um, you know the verse of scripture where the left hand shouldn't know what the right hand is doing? So there would be very much a case of um, they would be doing stuff and you never had a clue what they were doing. So this was very strong in my, in my family of origin. Um, I have to say, it did make me think at times that they were possibly um, MI5 agents. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been surprised in the slightest if they weren't work- working as uh, secret agents. <laughs> but, But um, we would often be reminded uh, you don't need to tell everybody you just get on and do it nobody needs to know that would be the phrase and there is an element where sometimes that's really good for us to do because it's that sense of actually if God's telling us to do something let's do it but we don't need to make a fuss about it Because in actual fact, that's how God gets the glory. Because it's not about whether we've done something good and we need to be congratulated, but it's actually that it means that that individual recognises that Jesus has met their need. Does that make sense? It's not not an individual's met it. Oh, and it was good because they're a Christian. But in actual fact, god has met their need because god doesn't want to share the glory with anyone maybe as well we also need to be prepared to be vulnerable with others to let others wash our feet which is not so comfortable is it sometimes we can quite enjoy doing something for others But often we don't necessarily like others to do stuff for us because we can feel a bit embarrassed and a bit like "Mm, I feel a bit uncomfortable on this one, but that's the whole thing of us serving one another and therefore if we have a culture of dignity and compassion to one another then we know actually that's okay, that's alright because they're not necessarily going to go and share everything with everyone. So in January, John Andrews came and spoke to us about Martha and how she opened up to Jesus. And it had a huge impact on her family, her village and herself. And as we focus on Jesus, he instructs us to be generous and to pray for opportunities to welcome people and have show compassion to our neighbours. Caroline Lacey um, wrote, Jesus served in the mundane as well as the magnificent. And if you live most of life in the mundane, momentous occasions are few and far between, in ways unnoticed, uncelebrated and unglamorous. And PJ Rourke wrote, everybody wants to save the world and nobody wants to help mum with the dishes. The question for you this morning... Is what could my equivalent of washing feet be? Jesus serves his friends in spite of his greatness, not because it, because of it. I'm gonna ask the band to come up. So as I just recap, he poured water into a bowl and began to wash the followers' feet it drives our feet with a town. It may be a case, but you just need to do it. Just take off your posh outer robe, roll up your sleeves, and wash people's feet.